Good morning and welcome to Moneyball Minute with Kirk Henderson of MavsMoneyball.com. It is Tuesday, March 1st, and you are joining me uh, bright and early in the morning as I'm recording. If you're still buzzing from the rather epic comeback win of over the Golden State Warriors on Sunday night, you have every reason in the world to. Dallas Mavericks announcer Mark Followell tweeted following the game, Further research, this win ties the biggest fourth quarter comeback in team history. The Mavericks trailed by 19 Early in the fourth quarter versus Golden State and won. They were down 19 in the fourth quarter of a home game on March 12th, 1998 versus the Chicago Bulls and won in overtime. So this was a historic game, guys. It wasn't just a feel. Josh and I sort of talked about this in the post-game podcast, which I recommend you go check out if you haven't had the opportunity yet. But it was a a really, truly um, amazing comeback that I think that it's only going to look better with time. Uh, If you want to read more on that game, I really recommend heading over to MavsMoneyBall.com. Josh Bo broke down uh, what really kept the game in play. And my favorite part was that how he really focused not on Spencer Dinwiddie's second half, but on Dinwiddie's first half. Because Dinwiddie was basically the main reason Dallas sort of hung around, hung around, hung around. Luka Doncic obviously got things going in the third quarter, but Josh really does an excellent job of breaking down of the things that um, the Mavericks as a team and head coach Jason Kidd really pushed to make sure that the comeback was possible. Uh, it was really something watching them go away from their, their bigs and Maxie and Dwight Powell. And in retrospect, I wonder how much of, of, of that's going to be part of the narrative as the season goes along if they're going to continue to play super small ball. In the world of Mavs news, there was a fair amount that actually went on over a short period of time yesterday. Malika Andrews of ESPN.com did a uh, three-minute-long interview that was, I'm going to link in the show notes. And it's really funny uh, just because Luca, I don't know, we don't, we get a lot of like quotes from Luca, but he's just not a guy who talks a ton. So him giving, you know, this sort of one-on-one interview with Malika was interesting. He swears he's not going to get enough technicals to where he misses a game, which um, there are 20-ish games left and he only needs three for an automatic suspension. He is basically picking up a technical foul every, just under uh, every four games. So... Luke is going to have to clean that up extensively if he hopes to not miss any time due to uh, technical fouls in the regular season. It's a great interview overall. He talks about, uh, you know, acknowledges once again, which he did with Callie Kaplan the other day, that he doesn't really mind people talking about how he came into the season. He acknowledges once again that he didn't come into the season in uh, the greatest of shape. And as always, I just think we we like to watch Luca uh, talk. It's fun. Um, additionally, there was some, so there's a couple of good articles, uh, there's always good stuff on, um, Dallas morning news. You know, they're, they're the main paper in Dallas here and Callie Kapl- Kaplan and Brad Townsend just get some of the best, um, the best access and quotes compared to anybody else in the game. It's, uh, it's, it's fun watching, um, you know, just some of the coverage that they come out with. And there's a good article with Callie talking about uh, with uh, about Luka Doncic's birthday. Um, Jason Kidd, you know, offers a quote about their relationship, and it's just biz- talking about Doncic's maturity. He's 23 years old. Uh, when I think back to what I was doing at 23 years old, I just can't believe the amount of pressure that we regularly put on him and that he's able to manage. Uh, we're just so blessed to be able to watch Luka Doncic. I'll be linking to this article in the show notes as well. Um, additionally, there's a, a 
Tim Calshaw wrote kind of an interesting article. He, I, I guess I wasn't really aware that Calshaw is not a big Brunson guy. And so he he's pretty adamant talking about how the Mavericks need to find like their uh, hierarchy, that they need to find a number two guy and they need to figure that out this season. I do not disagree. I, I do not agree with him. I think the fact that Brunson and Dinwiddie can do different things at different times well means the Mavericks can have different guys step up and certain people can slide into better fitting roles. Uh, maybe it's just the high of coming back and having an historic win, but I just I'm, I'm sort of buzzing about the the potential of the super small ball. Um, then uh, there was a. Uh, Bertans gave some quotes before the game. We we didn't really have time. They didn't fit with the narrative of what you know the the epic comeback went. But I feel that it's worth um, mentioning. You know some of the quotes he gave uh, when he was asked about the situation in Ukraine and the Dallas Morning News. Um, who got it here? It was Callie again. Of course, it was Callie. Uh, wrote you know wrote a, an article around it and. You know, Bertans basically said, or this is a quote, basketball is the last thing I want to talk about. Seeing what's happening in Ukraine, when I'm on the court, I just forget about, or I forget about it. And then I just think about basketball, just being out there and playing. But once I'm off the court, I just feel like I want to think about what's happening there. I really hope Ukrainians stay strong because honestly, they're the front line, basically for us, the Baltic states and the rest of Europe. So I really hope it works out. I hope the rest of the world can help them as much as possible. And we come out of this and Ukraine is still a free country and the useless bloodshed ends really soon. And the Russian occupants return to their country. Uh, it's, it, it, he, he goes on to later say it just hits way too close to home since my country has been in that position before, honestly, losing a basketball game right there. If that's the worst thing that happened to us in the last couple of weeks, we're really lucky. Uh, it's, it's, I'm going to link to this one too. Just, it's great stuff. Uh, it's, you know, upsetting to hear about and read, but it's, it's, this is why access and, you know, paying attention to these local papers, uh, they do really a, a ton of work. Um, the next story I wanted to touch on before we, uh, uh, look ahead to the Lakers game is, um, on last week, Mark Cuban went on the pardon my take podcast. Um, if you're not familiar with it, I recommend looking it up. Um, and they sort of goaded Mark Cuban into a into a question, uh, you know, about LeBron James and whether he would use the second round pick or something like that on his son. On uh, if if you know three years from now when when um, Bronny James is eligible, um, and he said basically, I don't know. It depends on the circumstances and how good Bronny is. Would I just burn a second-round pick just to burn it? Probably not. And again, we have this guy named Luka Doncic who is really, really good. And so it would really depend on the team we have around him. Um, this is falls underneath the the banner of things that I don't understand why Mark Cuban answers. Uh, most people are just going to kind of ignore this because it is sort of a... It's just a passing comment, but again, it's a passing comment that an owner made about the son of one of the uh, best players in NBA history. No matter how you feel about LeBron, that's just sort of what he, it's one of the, he's a top 10 NBA player, um, top three for a lot of people. And it also falls under the banner of, you know, kind of hogwash. The Mavericks have burned tons of second round picks over the years. Tons of them. I mean, uh, Satnam Singh exists. It's, it's just, it's, it's sort of in, in, and again, you know, it's a passing thing, but I just don't see the need to antagonize, you know, if I'm, I don't want to put myself in LeBron James's shoes, but there's just all these, this just falls under one of the many, many comments over the years that I don't understand why Mark Cuban needs to make it. That's all. 
Um, all right, looking ahead to the Lakers. The, we play the Lakers tonight, late game, 9 p.m. start time, which uh, is the last late game of the year unless they bump things around in the, the closing weeks of the schedule. The Lakers are currently sitting firmly in the ninth position in the West. They're five, no, let's see here. They're four and a half games back behind, three and a half games back behind the Clippers. Um, five losses behind the Clippers, but they've just played more games. Um, they're 27 and 33. They got embarrassed on uh, by New Orleans late Sunday night, and things are not really looking great for them as a team, despite having Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. The team has never managed to come together, and it's it's really kind of shocking. Uh, injuries do happen. You know, Davis is out for a real long time. They play. Uh, they just cut DeAndre Jordan um, Monday night uh, because he threw one of the most insane passes I've ever seen in the basketball game, like a three-quarter court pass that sailed into like the third or fourth row. It's probably one of the most embarrassing home losses that the Lakers have had in several years. So the Lakers are a bit of a wounded animal. Um, and the Mavericks are coming in off a big victory. Uh, Luka Doncic's 23rd birthday. They probably have gone out and had themselves a good time. And it's it's a, it strikes me as a bit of a trap game for the Mavericks. I also think that, you know, playing things straight up, the Mavericks should absolutely destroy the Lakers. But... It's it's never what I expect. Um, it should be a fun game. Uh, we'll obviously be having a post-game podcast and a fair amount of coverage. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Watching what Russell Westbrook does is just kind of a... He's such a bizarre player. <laughs> I really recommend going and checking out his stat lines. At one point last night, he had 10 points, 0 assists, and 7 turnovers. That is a remarkable thing to, to do. Um... All right, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and the Mavs Moneyball Minute. Be sure to check out the green room following the Golden State Warriors game in your podcast feed if you haven't yet. We kind of rambled for a long time, reveling in the win, and generally just having fun with basketball because that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, Josh Bow and I will be back tonight uh, recapping the game. At least I think he will. Um, Josh might be going to see a movie. He might be going to see Batman. So maybe I'll be doing it by myself or with someone else on the staff. We'll see. Either way, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate your support. Uh, everybody that downloaded and listened to us in February uh, gave us our biggest month in Mavs Moneyball history by a wide margin. So we're really grateful for that. Everyone, enjoy your Tuesday, and we will talk to you Tuesday night.